Well, well, welcome back to another episode of Parent Q Live with Carlos Whitaker here and, <laughs> and Christina Ivy. Christina Ivy. <laughs> I don't know how to make Ivy work with a. Um, with, you're right. No. no. <laughs> uh, if, you're, if your last name's Ivy, there's just not a hint of Hispanic culture in you. No, there's so. just not. Yeah. The beautiful thing about um, language is that's what we're going to be talking about today. We are, uh, yeah. Are you excited to talk about language today? I think you are, because you've actually geeked out just a little bit. I have. I love the topic of language. I was a former English teacher, but I like all language. I like words. I like the you meaning like more of than words. Just English. Oh English. Yeah. yeah, just words and what they mean. And I, I don't know. I'm kind of a little bit nerdy that way. You 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 nerd out. You, but you didn't get to nerd out by yourself on this podcast with this interview. You actually got to geek out with a friend of ours. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who is? Dave Adamson, Dave Adamson, great friend of ours, and we get to talk about the Hebrew language yes, today. Yes, the, the the Hebrew language. Which did you just um, try like you were going to do a Hebrew? I accent? was go- I was going to. I you saw my you face. You leaned in like I it leaned was in be like an I was, and then I realized I don't know what it sounds like. I I, I was I was good. I felt like I wanted to do like a like like a <laughs> like like a like kind of like a throat thing. But is that involved in the Hebrew language at all? You know, it's. I don't know. No, it's you don't not really a spoken language oh, except for okay. in synagogue. And it's been since bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah bat mitzvah day since oh. I've been to synagogue. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, l- listen, here's the thing. You can geek out about this as much as you need to because me, on the other hand, like the all I know about Hebrew is like, like my friend's tattoos in college. Like like that's <laughs> that's basically what they would get. And I don't even know if they knew what, what the Hebrew was. And I don't even know if they knew if they were getting Hebrew or Greek, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, actually, their... my favorite tattoo conversation ever, and I, I hope nobody listening has this tattoo, but I had a friend who said they wanted to get Alpha and Omega okay. tattooed in Hebrew, Yeah, which is actually not... A, Alpha and Omega are Greek letters in yeah. and of themselves so it'd be like tattooing a and z oh on your okay, arm yeah, on your arm maybe in so a, it, it just didn't quite make sense yeah well so so speaking <laughs> of tattoos and in, in, in hebrew i've got a tattoo on my ankle right now okay is it hebrew i don't know i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you i'm gonna just show you hold on okay so so on my ankle um i don't even know this flexible <laughs> there is there is now it's it's the little Christian fish thing. Oh yeah, no, that's Greek. It's Greek. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even know if it was if it was Greek or Hebrew. So yeah, that's, that's Greek. Greek. That's okay, Greek. so this is the language that you don't like. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> Greek language just I had to take a little bit of Greek and a little bit of Hebrew when I was going through grad school, and Greek was um, just it had less poetic Poet. yeah, it meaning was, to it. it in my mind, okay. then yeah, so but some people love ankle. it. Yeah, yeah, some people. So it's great. It has that lots was my of meanings too. First of all, that was your first my tattoo. My very first tattoo ever was on my ankle when I was eighteen, and it's a little Christian ichthus. Yes. With, um, I can't whatever the the words are that go inside that thing. I think it's Jesus. Maybe it says Jesus I think in it. So yes, but, it does. But, yes, but it does. here's the thing: is like when I was eighteen and getting the tattoo on my ankle, like there wasn't really Google to to search for things. So right. I I would like look on the back of cars. Oh and, yeah, and the, like the little ichthus. But when she put it on, she actually put it backwards. <laughs> so it's 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 just Jesus spelled backwards in Greek. On my <laughs> so it is kind of Hebrew because Hebrew is right from yes, left to right. That, yes, yes. That's what it is. So if you hear me out of breath, it's because I actually did right to left is backwards. Sorry, yes, Hebrew is right, right, oh, right got to it. left. Right to left. Yes, yes. I did actually put my foot on the table to to show you. You right did. Now. It and was so amazing. I'm, I'm not that flexible, so. <laughs> 
as everyone saw right here, it was it was it was pretty funny. We we're going off the rails, which is just fine because because um, we're going to have a serious conversation about these five words. We are. This is going to be a great conversation talking about Hebrew words that everyone should know, which sounds oh, a little everyone. bit counterintuitive. Sure. Like, does everyone really need to know right, Hebrew? Right. Do I? I mean, because I don't know what these words are yet. So I'm excited to listen to it. I think it's amazing. I think when you understand some of the language that your Old Testament was originally written and it brings yeah. new life and new meaning to some passages, but it also it kind of gives us a new meaning for life and the way to, that we live. So I think it's going to be a fun conversation for every parent yeah. and the way that you parent your kids can be shaped even by some words that you might not even know yet. Love it. I love it. So friends, you don't just have to have a Hebrew tattoo to enjoy this conversation. If you don't have any tattoos or if you have lots of them, sit back and enjoy our conversation with a friend, Dave Adamson. Dave, it's so good to have you back on Kristen, Live. I am so glad to be here. This is going to be a really, really fun conversation today. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're actually talking about Hebrew. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me just a little bit about what got you started, like discovering oh, the Hebrew gosh. words, learning Hebrew. Um, you know, I became a Christian when I was in, in high school, and I think I just accepted whatever people threw at me. Um you know, I would say probably pretty evangelical, but then I became a professional Christian about 10 years ago, started getting paid uh, by a church to have faith. So <laughs> when you become a professional Christian, you start to look at things a little bit more and, um, you know, I'm creative, I'm a bit arty and, and uh, I'm a photographer and I just started learning that it, uh, when, when you read Hebrew, when you understand the Hebrew translation of words, they are so picturesque and so symbolic. And so that just spoke to my heart um, in, in so many different ways. I think I'd been learning all about my faith through my head, but I started to learn it in my heart when I started to understand some Hebrew. You know, this famous rabbi once said, if you speak to a man's head, his heart will sometimes come. But if you speak to his heart, his head will always come. Mm. And so when I started to learn some Hebrew words, I just found that it expanded my faith. It expanded my understanding of creativity. It, underst it expanded my understanding of, of biblical concepts. And so I just became more and more interested in it. And kind of took off from there that's great and now you've actually written about some hebrew words that you found that you think everybody needs to know because these particular words they speak to you they yeah. tell you something that enriches your faith um tell me a little bit about your journey to kind of write all this down um so i first started to to think about writing it down when um i started teaching my uh, dyslexic youngest daughter some hebrew words because she's the spiritual person in our family she's the really spiritual one like she, as soon as worship starts her hands are up in the air she's the out loud prayer in our family and uh, but she struggles reading the bible and so i started teaching her a few things and i found that the symbolism the pictures that it painted really stuck with her and she was able to not just retain the information but recall it later on and teach other people it wow. so i decided hey i'm going to start writing this down and uh, i started putting it on my instagram feed with some photos and it's that kind of took off from there and that was literally just so that my kids knew everything i knew about jesus after i died they could just go to my instagram account and it would all be there and so then that led to me writing a reading plan for version, the version Bible app um, called Seven uh, Hebrew Words Every Christian Should Know. And I didn't realize this at the time, but um, 
when I wrote that, I think it was about February, by the end of that year, this was like two years ago, uh, by the end of that year, Uversion sent me an email saying my uh, devotion was in the top 10 most subscribed and completed reading plans on the whole app. Wow. Alongside, you know, Joyce Meyer, Andy Stanley, Louis Giglio, all these big <laughs> names. And, and, and the email said, hey, we were sitting around our staff and they were like, hey, here's the top 10. Who's this Dave Adamson guy? Because everybody else was, you know, really well-known celebrity Christians. Um, and I was a, a nobody. Still am. Um, but yeah, then I realized, well, this, people are interested in this. So I wrote another one. Seven more Hebrew words every Christian should know. Really thought about that title yeah. at length. Um, <laughs> But then I got asked uh, by a publisher to write a book uh, called 52 Hebrew Words Every Christian Should Know. So that's kind of, I've expanded as, as, as the need has expanded. That's great. And yeah. it all started by you communicating to your kids as a dad. As a dad, To just say, yeah. this is a way to speak to the hearts of my kids and help them understand. Now, do you think there's something particularly appealing about Australian Hebrew? Well, it sounds a lot better, doesn't it? It's uh, it's funny, you know. People people learn Hebrew words with an Australian accent, which I think is hilarious. And I don't even know if I'm pronouncing them right because of my accent. But it, it's funny when people recite words to me, and I can pick up a little twang of Australian in there. I always think that's pretty funny. I'm really excited to have this conversation today about these words yeah. and how you can talk about them with your kids. I heard just recently a pastor that said there was a study showing that one of the best predictors of giving kids what they need for a thriving future yeah. is whether or not your kids understand their history. Mm. And part of that's their family story, yeah. their extended family story. And really, as believers, we are a part of this big, epic yeah. family story yeah. um, that's found in Scripture and really rooted in the people of God that yeah. starts with people who kind of used this poetic yeah, yeah, language. Yeah. That is so true. And that is that concept in and of itself is such a Hebrew concept because they're all about, even to this day, it's all about community. It's all about family. I mean, I've got a, a lot of rabbi friends and when, when I, I hear them talk about the stories in the Old Testament that I've just grown up with, um, well, for a start, I don't call it Old Testament anymore because I think that's so like, uh, it downgrades it. So I call it the Hebrew Bible now. But when I talk to my rabbi friends about it, they don't talk about, oh, then the people were in slavery and then God set the people free. They say, uh, then my family was in slavery oh, wow. and God set my family free. And so that idea of community is such uh, such mm -hmm. something that's so ingrained in the Hebrew culture, yet it's so anti what we experience in America on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Because, right. I mean, we're, we're told if you, want done, if you want something done right... You do it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's all about us. We push the individual. Right. We, say, we say things like that. We say you can achieve anything, which are great sentiments. And I, I agree with them. And, and I want to teach my kids those things. But I also want to teach them how important community is, how important family life is, how important not just their first name is, but their last name is, and how that connects them to generations of people who have really helped set them up for what they're experiencing now, hopefully. Right, I mean, in our culture, a lot of times it's almost an insult if somebody refers to you as belonging to another person, like, yeah. uh, you know, Hensley is my daughter. Yeah. You know, she might wanna go, no, 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 I am myself, I am my own yeah, person. Yeah. And yet there is this connectivity that can be positive to yeah. say, actually, you are your mother's daughter, you're your great 
grandmother's great granddaughter. Yeah, it's there's just some there's a people you belong to. Yeah, totally. It's just tying it back to that larger picture, that larger story. I think is so powerful. Even I remember speaking with Bob Goff at at Orange Conference. I was interviewing him, and I said to him, "Hey, for people who don't know you, can you give us a thumbnail of your resume?" He said, "Well, that's really easy. I'm Sweet Maria's husband." Mm. And I was like, "Oh man, I love that idea because uh, he wasn't talking about himself. He was talking about who he belonged to and what was part of his bigger story." And so one of the things we get to do as parents is help our kids understand yeah. who they belong to, yeah. how they belong in your family, what your family history looks like, how yeah. you're connected to this greater family in scripture yeah. as well. And part of that goes right back into these Hebrew words. Let's yeah. dive in with one of them right up front that I know is has a special place in your heart and maybe... <laughs> On your person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I yes, I did the most uh, like un-Jewish thing I could do. I got a tattoo. <laughs> um, and I got a tattoo of the Hebrew word Shema, um, which is probably, I think it might even be one of the first words that um, I ever I ever learned in, in Hebrew. And I got it there because the word Shema means here. Um, now my here, accent here yeah. in the Thank English, okay. in, the in, English. The, in the American, and, and I'm talking H E A R to okay. hear something, but uh, Shema also means to obey, mm-hmm. so it's got this dual meaning. So it, it's like when Jesus says, He who has ears, let them hear. I remember always hmm. reading that, going, Well, that if I've got ears, of course I can hear. But what he's saying, that he's saying is, If you heard what I said, then obey what I now, said. Wait, 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 I say that to my kids all the time. Oh, really? <laughs> Are you hearing me? Now, what are you really saying to them? Why though? are you not moving your body up the stairs exactly. like I asked so you to? So you are actually asking them to <laughs> obey you when That's you right. say that. I do exactly the same. <laughs> Did you guys hear what I said? I, because they didn't obey what I said, I assume they didn't hear. So w- this word makes sense to us in English, but when we read in Scripture, we might not uh, necessarily uh, understand that. Now, it comes from Deuteronomy, the passage that says, Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength. And then that passage goes on to say, which is such a well-known passage, right? Because when Jesus says, when Jesus is asked, uh, what is the greatest commandment? He says, hero Israel, the Lord is our God. Now we, in English, when we quote it, we always take out the word here, right? We just say, love the Lord your God. But it starts with hero Israel, the Lord is our God. Anyway, uh, it goes on to say, uh, these commandments that I give to you today to be written upon your hearts, impress them on your children. And I think for me, this is like, this is the foundation of student ministry. This is where student ministry started in the Bible. Um, I, when I dedicate babies at churches and things like that, because I'm a pastor, um, I always use this verse, uh, this passage from Deuteronomy to talk about the importance of passing on our faith. Uh, and we can only pass on our faith to our children if we have a faith of our own, mm. where we have heard God, we have obeyed God, we have loved God with all of our heart, our soul, and our strength. And that's what we impress upon our children. That's great. And it does begin with, hear, O Israel, the call to the nation, because it's the responsibility of everybody to impress these things upon the children, right? Yes. And so the people of Israel made a whole tradition around hearing those words and remembering those words, writing it and putting it on their doorposts, right? Wearing it on their bodies. Yeah. All uh, maybe which, not as a tattoo, but in yeah. the same way, a little <laughs> bit. Right? But the, all of that comes from this passage in Deuteronomy. And, and it goes back to what we originally just said at the top of this interview, right? It comes back to community. It's not here, Kristen. Mm-hmm. It's not here, Aussie Dave. It's here, O Israel. It comes back to the community. And so that puts the whole community 
on notice to impress upon the children the faith. So the whole family's responsibility, it's not just the dad's responsibility, it's the mum's responsibility, it's uncles, it's cousins, it's aunties, it's grandparents, it's our responsibility to impress our faith upon our children. It's, it goes back to that old African proverb, right? It takes a village to raise mm-hmm. a child. Like that is such a Hebrew ideal. Right. And I believe there's another psalm, and I'm not remembering it right now, which is just terrible, but where it actually cites back to this um, passage where, you know, Moses is addressing the tribe of Israel, stating that then for generations they told that story and the generations remembered. Yeah. Um, so that there was evidence that it had passed through the generations just as Moses had commanded. Yeah. And when you, when you think, uh, yes, when you remember, right, the Hebrew word for remember is zakah. And wherever, wherever that word is used in scripture, it's always done with an action. So, so what Moses is talking about is remember it by doing something about it. Mm. Don't just, you know, I think in the Western society, when we remember something, it's like, oh, I've got to remember to call so-and-so, or I've got to remember to pick up eggs, or I've got to, and we think it's a mental thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a bad memory, but those things are always tied to an action. Mm. Um, you know, Jesus says, do this. In remembrance of me. So, uh, you know, even in the Old Testament, God remembers Noah and he makes the rain stop. God remembers uh, Rachel and and she has a baby. You know, there's always this action that's associated with remembering. So, yeah, we're supposed to remember our own faith, remember the the commitment we, we made. Sorry. We're supposed to remember the commitment we made to God so that we can then pass that on to our children and impress it upon them. So it kind of that impressing nature is actually one of the ways we remember. We remember by passing it on, by doing an action. Yeah. What does that look like when you talk about this idea of remembering with your own kids? Well, you know, the the thing that we most often ask our kids to remember is to do something, right? It's, (laughs) hey, don't forget to. Right. Uh, take the garbage out. Don't forget to like. So there is a, a remember. There is an action associated with the remembering. Um, but I think often it gets. Often we lose the the meaning of that word remember because we make it all about a mental process mm-hmm. um, rather than an active process. Right. But anybody will tell you that if you have an action associated with something you ne- important you need to remember then you actually remember it better. What I'm talking about here is if you want to memorize scripture, the best thing you can do is uh, create a cadence in the way that you walk as you recite words. If you've ever uh, been to a Jewish synagogue, for example, the people have remembered entire books of the Bible (laughs) because they've they've remembered it with a with a cadence towards singing there's Mm -hmm. a melody that goes with it so they're not just remembering in the head like we often do they're remembering it through action through the action of walking through the action of singing through the action of reciting it in a large group uh, experience but I think we lose that because Mm -hmm. we turn our faith into something that is water uh, dwindled down to just a quiet time in the morning. Mm. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is not a bad thing. Right. But it's but if that's the only thing, sure. then we start to lose some of the aspect that allows us yeah. to impress it upon our children. So I don't really do a quiet time at, at home. I, that's a habit that I got out of because I want to remember scripture in front of my kids. I talk mm. to them about what I'm learning. I talk to them about the passages that I want them to, to know for that week or that season that they're going through. Uh, when it comes to faith, I talk about the story of the Bible and then I... Uh, interconnect that with my own story which is their story and so the faith becomes more alive and it becomes something that's more easily to be remembered because they're remembering it and learning it within community within community and out loud that's just beautiful see how it all comes back it It, really does it all just works together 
I think about this concept of remembering, and it also reminds me of some of maybe uh, the mo- more poignant moments in my life where yeah. I was grieving or in pain or learning something that was really difficult. And there's a sense in which my remembering of those moments can either move me to bitterness or it can move me to kind of generosity. Yeah. And I feel that I sometimes remember my losses and my grief when I'm being kind of generous to others because it's moved me to compassion. So there may be a sense in which even we get to remember some of the harder points of our life by allowing it to move us into places of generosity and compassion for others because we've experienced maybe some down spots of life. Yeah, that's really good. Well, you can only remember the things that you've actually experienced Mm -hmm. to a certain extent, right? Right. And you remember it more. Like I I think if I was to ask you, hey, um, uh, what's what's, uh, an algebra formula that you remember from high school? (laughs) Well, I know I couldn't remember it, but I could tell you almost day for day what my first camp experience was was like in high school because there was a big activity associated with it, not just a mental process Mm. associated with it. So, you know, when it comes to teaching my kids Bible verses, I mean, it's not, we don't do sword drills at our house Mm. or anything (laughs) like that. Um, But I teach them biblical stories in the context of a family situation or when we're out in nature for example or something like that or or with a lot of the times with the photography that I take uh, that we've got printed around our wall I'll walk them around and I'll say hey this this photo reminds me of this bible passage so there's always that connectedness now Dave that kind of reminds me a little bit of like Jesus and the disciples yeah. It's like you and your little disciple children yeah. uh, going around as you're showing them the way as you live life. Yes, that is, uh, which probably leads us to another great Hebrew word. One of my favorites is Talmud, which is the Hebrew word that we translate into English as disciple. But uh, when I talk to people about what a disciple is, often when I ask them, hey, what's a disciple? They'll usually say something like a student, um, but it's so much more than a student. If you were to if that makes me imagine somebody standing at the front of the room and, yeah. and a bunch of kids with desks and pencils and, you know, maybe some uh, multiple choice yeah, forms. Because right? that's how we as Westerners, like, us, you know, it's the same in Australia as it is in the U.S. That's how we learn. But what the way that we learn is a very Greek way of learning, which is all head knowledge with literally somebody who's up the front and the and the students are all sitting in rows because that came from the Greek theater. And you think of our churches now even, gosh. They're all set up exactly the same way, right? But a Talmud, the best ever translation that I've ever found for the word Talmud is the word apprentice. Mm. So let me ask you this. If I'm I'm an an apprentice electrician, Mm. what am I doing? Usually, I'm working alongside another electrician. Why? Because I'm trying to learn to do what the electrician does so that one day I can run my own electrician business. Electrician business? Electrical uh, business? Electrical business. So I can be an electrician <laughs> on my own one day, right? That's the idea of an apprentice. And we understand that it's not about head knowledge. It's about what I can do. And uh, we had a plumber over at our house recently and he said he just finished his apprenticeship. And I felt really good about him cutting holes in the f- ceiling of our kitchen to, to clean, uh, fix up the ensuite plumbing because I knew that he had done this before alongside somebody who was qualified. So you would prefer that to somebody who maybe had just read the book and answered well, all the questions yeah. right. Because I can read the book and answer the questions if they're multiple choice, <laughs> but I don't. You do not want me unscrewing anything in I your house. I would say the same thing for any <laughs> any physician that I was going to go exactly. see. Exactly. So so if we think of disciple as an apprentice, 
to learn to do what I have done, which is, somebody said that in the Bible, right? I think it might have <laughs> been Jesus. Um, so, so the idea of a Talmud or in a group Talmudim, uh, they would have learned together by watching what Jesus had done. And when we read the Gospels, we find out that he spent, they, sorry, they spent three years doing everything that Jesus did. When he ate, they ate. When he slept, they slept. When he... Um, you know, went to a party, they went to a party. If you think about it in those terms, they, they saw Jesus in every aspect emotionally mm. of life. Now, the closest thing we have to that in the modern world, in the modern Western world, is kids. Right, right? our families. Because our kids are with us usually 24-7, at least for the first season of their life. And so I often say the closest thing to an actual disciple that I will ever have mm. are my three daughters. Mm. And so I'm trying to apprentice them and teach them the things that I know about uh, God. But that only happens usually when they watch me live out my faith, mm. when they, they, they watch the way that I pray, when they watch the way that I read or they watch the way that I worship, when they see the way that I walk out my faith, that's when they learn. And, and, and I mean, again, the Hebrew word for walk, for my walk, the walk of my life, the walk of my faith is halakha. And that literally means the walk that I'm taking with hmm, God, walk, right? right. Um, and, and, and that for me is a great example of this uh, parenting notion that your kids will follow your example, not your opinion. Right. I can talk till I'm blue in the faith about how important Jesus is to me, but my kids are going to pick it up when they see me be Jesus to my neighbors, when they see me be Jesus to the, our other family members and to our friends and things like that. One of the things I hear you describing that I get excited about is honestly that you've blended both um, having your, your kids having a front row seat to the way that you live out your life, but also you're talking about it as yeah. you live it out. So yeah. it's not just that your kids are catching this somehow through this weird osmosis. Yeah. You know, they're just <laughs> near you in the same vicinity, so they automatically understand yeah. the perspectives and the motives and the, the reasons why, but you're actually articulating that to them. We say all the time that kids are really keen observers, yeah. but poor interpreters. Oh, that's that so our, good. Our kids are watching everything. They see so much more than we give them credit for. They're studying us so that they know how to manipulate us to yeah. get what they want. <laughs> so they really do study you as a parent, but they don't always know your motive. They don't yeah. always know maybe why you did the thing that you did. And so you've blended that together so that there's this walking together, but talking together along, yeah. along the way, yeah. on the road, kind of coming back to the Shema that yeah. as you get up in the morning, as you go down the road, yes. as you go lie down, together at night you're discussing these things together yeah. living them out together as a family community yeah. so that they can go deep into their heart and give them a sense of who they are who they belong to so where they true. come from so true and, and I, I don't always do a great job at that i don't want anybody to think that for a <laughs> second because sometimes what i say and what i do don't match but you're right it comes back to the shaman and not just the passage but the actual literal word they are hearing me say things and hopefully they're watching me obey. Mm. And as I obey, they're learning to obey as well as hearing. So it comes back to that idea. He who has ears, let them hear. Um, so I'm hoping that they're hearing me say stuff. They're seeing me obey what I'm saying myself so that they'll learn to obey it for themselves as well. Dave, this has been an incredible conversation. Oh, cool. I can't wait to go back into my own um, world and talk to my kids about some of these things, about how they belong to our community yeah. um, and how we live out this rich, rich heritage and story every day. I've enjoyed this. Well, 
There you guys have it. Hebrew. Who knew that I would need to know these words? And I'm actually glad that I heard them. Kristen, talk to us a little bit about kind of where we need to go from here. So as I'm talking to Dave, I just can't help but think about my own story and the way that I'm living my life. And I feel like every time that we do a Parent Q Live episode, we always try to end with one Q. Like what's the one thing you could go and do this week that would help you be a better parent? And so for me as a mom, I think I just want to be more intentional about thinking about my own life and the story I'm living out in front of my kids so that they kind of have this front row seat to be apprentices, to learn, you know, what I want them to learn as they grow up into adulthood. So maybe just take a minute this week to reflect on your own life and the way that you're living it out in front of your kids. So, so practical, so good. I love that. Do that, guys. Also, if you want any more information about what you just heard, head over to theparentq.org. We're going to have a recap of this entire episode there and then so um also facebook instagram twitter all the places facebook is at we actually can on instagram now which is kind of new we can swipe up now so if you're ever following our stories and we have something to share with you on our stories you can just swipe up it's that much easier to get some of this fun content friends please leave us a review or rating on itunes that really helps us out as well for kristen ivy Carlos Whitaker here saying we'll see you next time on Parent Q Live. Mm.